0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, hiring over qualifieds. Part one, here we go.
1: Folks, before we start, we just want to encourage you to go nominate us for podcast awards. You can only nominate us once. We'd prefer you nominate us in Manager Tools versus Career Tools. And you can nominate us in two categories, People's Choice and in Business. I'm going to let you know when voting starts where I'm pretty sure you can vote every day. So thanks for your support. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And by the way, do that at www.podcastawards.com. And, and that's what I'm here for, Mark, is just to help you out on those kind of things. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> on to the cast. In 2013, it's, it's interesting, there are overqualified candidates in the job market, right? I mean, yeah, the people might we, call, we might call overqualified. And Manager Tools recommends you hire them, folks. Stop complaining about how you have to help and train and push your directs all the time and hire someone who can do more than the job. Yeah. And the benefits to an effective, smart manager far outweigh the risks. Now, maybe it's not for the faint of heart, but come on, guys. Do you want to live forever? Be bold.
1: A great line from a famous hero. So, yeah, basically hiring overqualified candidates is a clever competitive advantage for an effective manager tools manager, somebody who knows how to manage the risk it creates, and it's not the risk everybody thinks. So here's our outline. It's a long show, folks. We want to go into detail. When we start talking about hiring, we're talking about the most important leverage a manager has on his or her team. Uh, Smart hiring solves all kinds of other problems and most managers are terrible at it, in part because of the Christmas rule, things you do rarely that are important to you, you're not gonna be very good at or certainly not as good as you need to be relative to their importance. So, point one, overqualified candidates can also just be called qualified. If the standard is whether they meet the standard, well then by definition they meet the standard. The risk with overqualified candidates is, is not hiring them. It's retaining them after you hire them. And retaining is a management problem, not a hiring problem. So we interview for skills first. We have to be candid with them about their strengths. In other words, we don't punish them for their strengths. A lot of managers do that, that's a mistake. We then interview them for resilience and attitude. Very important to see that They're not going to be lording their skills over everybody else. You also have to be candid about the risks and you also have to interview them for hidden failures that they're going to do their best to avoid talking about. Obviously hiring them is easier, right? They're an easier decision about whether or not they're qualified and managing them is harder. Um, You're going to have to expect and talk about humility from them. You're going to have to curtail arrogance if it happens you're gonna have to be vigilant relative to that. And whatever you do, don't stop bench building because you may lose them.
0: That is a long cast, but an important one, particularly in today's times. Yeah,
1: and I think that part of the reason it's long is because we're trying to be clear about the, the different risks. Most people think overqualified and they think hiring risk, but it's not a hiring risk, it's a management risk. And we need to consider our management risks when we hire people. And they require different skills and we have to know what we're getting into.
0: Okay. So let's talk about overqualified candidates and (laughs) the fact that they are also qualified candidates and and, and the whole overqualified thing. I mean, that is the first thing that pops in your head is a negative, right? Yeah, it's it's a negative.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you think about that dispassionately, it's ludicrous. It's completely crazy. Overqualified has a negative meaning, oh, there's something wrong. And I think a lot of managers spend a lot of time saying, well, I'm supposed to find the, I'm supposed to find Waldo. I'm supposed to go, where's Waldo? And find (laughs) the hidden weakness in every person. But that's not actually what having high standards in interviewing is. High standards in interviewing is understanding the person you're interviewing and then making a decision based on what you understand. The root of the word about qualification is about whether somebody has the requisite skills to do the job. When we first ask about a candidate, is she qualified? The answer is either yes or no, guys. Someone's qualifications either meet the standards or they don't. To say someone is overqualified is equivalent to saying they're so far beyond what we need, that it's beyond dispute, that it's beyond contestation to quote a knight's tale. Think think of that for a minute. You need to hire somebody and a friend, a peer, a colleague of you of yours says to you, hey, this person I know is so good for you. You're looking for X and he has won awards for that. You're looking for Y and she did so well in her last job, they promoted her to manage others who did it and they gave her a bonus for it. If you hear that and your first thought is to be soured on the candidate, <laughs> you're like way beyond being a careful hiring manager. That's just galactically stupid, right? If the person is available, Right, it's, it, it's not as if, oh, well, they might be interested in my job, so therefore there must be something wrong with them. We don't try to interview people saying there must be something wrong with them. That's not the way you do it. If you start doing that, you'll become a cyn- cynical interviewer. Now some of you would say, wait, Mark, I thought that's what you guys have been telling us for years, you know, the, the job of the recruiter is to say no. The job of the interviewer is to say no, that's correct. But that doesn't mean we believe there are things wrong with people. We're simply guarding our own standards and putting a high bar on things. And if you think that you're the, the reason is to say no, you don't go looking for somebody's fatal flaw. You simply interview, make the interview tough, and you end up discovering that only a couple people are good enough. It's entirely possible you could interview 10 people and like all 10 of them. Now, there, there's weaknesses there, there's dangers, but, but think about it. Is if, if someone who is overqualified, are, are they also qualified? And the answer is, of course they are.
0: We're, we're going to get to the other risk here in a second. So, right, right, do, right. Do you think this is the number, reason, number one reason why people, that's their reaction of uh, overqualified is they think there's something wrong that's hidden and they wouldn't be looking for a job? They wouldn't be talking to me if they were that good?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Really? I, don't think it, I, don't think, I don't think managers make the separation and go, oh, well, I won't be able to keep them. Oh. Uh, I, I th- well, let me put it this way. Some do. But oh no, no, I think overqualified means, well, I think what managers do is they understand at some level that the hiring market is a market, but they believe that the market is perfectly efficient, meaning that every person always gets exactly the right job for them. But that's like the old argument about the stock market being efficient. The stock market is incredibly efficient, but it is not perfectly efficient. In the same way that when you do crowdsourcing, this whole thing about crowdsourcing, there's the famous story, which I think is associated with the beginning of crowdsourcing in the modern era since the year 2000. The story about the, I wanna say it was a Scottish uh, um, county fair at which every person in the audience got a chance to pick the weight of, I wanna say a bull, but no, actually I think it was a pig. And everybody picked and nobody was right. And the average, I'm not sure whether the mean or median, I don't don't remember, the average of the answers was the exact weight of the pick. And and the point of that is, is the market, which is everyone, is very efficient. It levels out in a way that's helpful to everyone because of a lot of transactions. Uh, In the same way that culture is a function of a lot of transactions rather than a hierarchically imposed ideal. But that doesn't mean that any one of those people were right, and it doesn't mean that the hiring market is ever perfect for any one individual. So they know it's a market in that there are people who want stuff and companies who need stuff, and ideally, in a perfect market, a perfect market in every instance, every person would end up in the right job if they're overqualified then the fact that they're applying for this job says something I don't like about them, or it implies that there's a problem. Now, now, what's funny is there are people who say, I've talked to people who say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I used to be a manager, I don't wanna be a manager anymore. And then somebody would say, well, he's overqualified. No, he's also smart. And qualified, potentially.
0: Yeah. And knows his strengths and weaknesses and or knows what they want to do. I, you know.
1: Yeah. And and managers often mistakenly believe, we're even accused of this sometimes, that everybody is like them, right? And that's the whole reason for one-on-ones, is that no one is like you but you. And you have to get to know the strengths and weaknesses of each one of your of, of your individual directs. And managers mistakenly cast upon their directs the same desires that the manager has for promotion or growth or whatever he or she might want, which is just, again, ludicrous. So Hmm. if we're smart, we separate the potential negative of whatever happened to the candidate and learn how to interview for it, which we'll talk about that, and separate that from the guaranteed positive of the skill set. Look, guys, overqualified candidates present with a special risk. They do, we know that. Shoot, everybody presents with risks. But the risk isn't what causes us to say no to so many other candidates, and that's the risk of skill inadequacy. But our suspicions, because we say overqualified and it has this negative, I'm always amazed. People say overqualified, you can hear it in their voice, oh, he's overqualified. Like, oh yeah, he's a billionaire, so you know, we don't, <laughs> I don't want his money. Right. Or I don't want him to be my friend. He's a billionaire.
0: Or yeah, your potential, somebody, you, your yeah. date is just, you know, just too darn pretty. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm recruiting for a basketball team. Oh, he's too tall. He's yeah, just too, exactly. tall. I, too tall. I can't, you know, that, that, that may, and I'm suspicious. Right. And, and our suspicions make us bad interviewers almost immediately. Suspicion and cynicism are not what makes for good interviewing. You can be an optimistic person and still be discriminating when you interview. And guys, don't write email to me on that. When we use that word, discriminating, we mean making choices, making finely honed choices between people. We're not talking about the racially uh, divisive and, and vile idea of discrimination in that way. So, overqualified people are qualified. And that, that's great, because in a way, you have to modify how you interview, and we'll talk about that. In a way, it makes our job easier and also different. But the idea that, that, that somehow there's a problem and we need to go find it, that's dumb.
0: Okay. So now let's, let's talk about the real risk, right? And the, yeah. that risk isn't hiring. It's retention. It's a management issue.
1: Yeah. We're not saying, we, I, I think we've made the point. We're not saying overqualified people don't come with risk. They do. But the risk isn't what happened in their past. It's in their future and our future, whether we can keep them, which is a risk we surely accept with every candidate we hire, right? Any risk we accept with every candidate, which is true, we, whether or not we can keep somebody is a risk that every person whom we hire has associated with them. If any risk we accept with every candidate is by definition not a factor for discrimination. And then you would say, well, but he's a special case because he's overqualified. Every candidate's retention is a special case, Everyone. And every candidate is an individual, and the standard is the job. Not how good the person is relative to what their capabilities are, but them versus the job. And since we have a risk of keeping everybody, and that takes getting to know the person, the fact that there's a risk in losing somebody, an overqualified person, maybe even a higher risk just means it's more of an assessment of how good a manager you are, Retaining people.
0: Oh, maybe that's
1: the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that could be. And as I've said many times in the last couple of years, this is 20, 2013, in the last couple of years, I've been telling people don't come tell me that if, if we measure managers based on results from retention, that I'm a good manager, Mark, because I've had great results and my retention has been 100%, because I'm going to say, you know what, the market's been bad for five years. There's not been a robust hiring market. And everybody's retention is high. Everyone's retention in the last five years is artificially high because of the, the tightness of the job market. So don't be thinking, it, particularly if you're a young manager and you've been doing this for five years and you haven't lost anybody and you're thinking, maybe I've got it sussed, you, you don't. It's just the market has made it easy for you to look good. And remember, retention rates are always relative. We want to compare your retention rates to others and everybody's retention rates have been sky high. That leads to another point, which is, when the market warms up, guys, I think I've said this on a cast recently, when the market warms up, be careful about the first openings in the marketplace if they're at an existing organization. Because often what that is, is some the opening is created by someone leaving as soon as the market gets hot. In other words, they couldn't stand it and they're ready to go somewhere else. That's not always true. And I'm not saying it's by definition true, but it is an extra criteria you have to put on when the market starts to warm up, whenever it does, you have to put on your analysis of a job. Is the person who left this job, the moment the market heated up, is that a suggestion that this boss is going to be bad or this company doesn't do what it says it's going to do and so on?
0: They've been waiting for an opportunity for years. Exactly. As soon as the market loosened
1: up, boom, I'm gone. Potential bad sign, yeah. So look, the sharp analysis here suggests that when we're hiring, the risk is whether someone has the requisite skills. When we're managing, the risk is whether we can keep them, okay? Rather than applying an analog scale to a candidate's skill set, in other words, how good are they, first we apply a digital metric, which is does he or does he not meet the requirements, and, and now look, I, some of you are going to immediately go, wait, 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 that's not what manager tools, wait, wait, wait. So we are not herewith recommending a change in our fundamental guidance about hiring. Most managers, the mistake that most managers make in hiring is, is saying, is this person the best person I've interviewed? That is the wrong analysis, okay? By that standard alone, we can happily hire a candidate who can't do the job. They're the best, but they're still not good enough.
0: Yeah. And you marry that with the fact that most people don't interview nearly enough people, you're nearly <laughs> enough. Exactly. <laughs> and exa-
1: you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Or enough hours to really get to know the person yeah. and guys, this is, and this will happen in the next couple of years. This is an especially dangerous problem. The idea of hiring the best person. If the hiring market is hot, you're growing, you're buried in work and you need somebody. Well, I'll tell you, I hate those words need and must. Mm. So, What you do is you hire the best person you can find because you're desperate. But they turn out not to be good enough and we spend more time managing their failures than we have time for. We still didn't get the person we want, we lost all that time that we stopped recruiting and we have a management problem on our hands and oh by the way, quote unquote, it's impossible to fire anybody around here. False but compelling. We we gotta have an entire set of cast, Mike, called false but compelling. Things that cause people to do stupid things that they believe, things that people believe are true that in fact cause them to do dumb things, no, which are in fact false. will just put them all on the cast, and
0: we'll do it on April yeah, 15th there we go. next there year. There you go, exactly. Or April yeah. 1st or whatever. Yeah, funny. yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's where our admonishment of all warm bodies have a halo comes from, right? If you're so desperate that you'll take anyone, uh, then anybody looks good. The effective way to hire is to set a standard and to interview against that standard, okay? It's like golfers say, I'm a golfer. It's like golfers say, I'm playing against the course, and what what will the course give up, right? I can't play against other guys because I don't control other guys. I control me and how I handle the course. So you're comparing people against the standard, and then, and only then, you compare only candidates who have met the standard to one another. Then you take the person that's best, best being a very subjective thing. And by the way, this goes back to a point I made earlier. If, in fact, everybody you're interviewing meets the standard, your standard is too low good point yeah because that makes it too easy right it makes it way too easy yeah look the fear that people have and i get it guys we're not we're our hair, heads aren't buried in the sand the fear here about an overqualified candidate is a risk because it may they're, they're a risk because they it masks something there's something we have to find out
0: that's why people think it's a right. negative they got right? fired or they're a horrible person who can't get along with anybody Or yeah exactly
1: you know. right yeah they got too far uh on raw talent and then everybody realized they're impossible to be around or whatever but those are all factors that an effective interviewer will be able to ferret out whether the person was overqualified or not okay we don't ask what kind of communicator are you when we when our interview creation tool creates an interview we expect managers and and we'll teach how to do this in the interviewing the, the effective interviewer series We expect managers to know how to listen well enough to determine whether or not the person's a good communicator. But we're not going to ask them if they're a good communicator or give us an example. In some cases, we would an example of good communication skills. But we're going to infer that or judge that or evaluate that based on answers to other more skill-based behavioral questions. We aren't suggesting you not listen for all the factors that might concern you. That's fine. We'll talk about that. And if you find something that causes you to have concern, rule the person out. But if you don't find the things, assuming that you're doing an, an efficient job, a reasonable job as an interviewer, if you don't find what you're looking for, and the candidate's generally qualified, you don't have a problem. This cast came out of a question that I was really thrilled to answer in the latest licensee call a few months ago. Somebody said, can I over, hire an overqualified person? I said, yeah, this is like a money ball thing. It, mm. It's like, this is a competitive advantage. Yeah. There are people in this market that are overqualified. They've been looking for jobs. In fact, I, we just got an email, Mike, the other day from somebody who had been looking for a job for a number of years and was very down on themselves and got the interviewing series. Interviewing being how to be interviewed, not how to conduct an interview. And they got a job and they said it's the single best money they ever spent in their life or something to that effect. So an encomium that was distinctive and we all talked about it in the company. And I'm amazed that how quickly, no, no, that's not right. Let me take that back. I, I, I'm, I'm not amazed, okay? I'm used to it by now, but it bugs me because we wanna share with you, guys, be different and recognize that when everybody else says, oh, you're overqualified, not good, you wanna lick your chops and go, I'll interview them. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a good manager, I can deal with the overqualifiedness. <laughs> you go hire some under, somebody underqualified. I'll take this overqualified guy. I'll take <laughs> I'll that. Twenty-plus players. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe my job will be really hard managing all these egotistical superstars. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'll deal with the results. You know, results are such a great great shield against complaints about all this stuff. So yeah, often,
0: two so. buddies sitting at the bar at the end of the evening, and the one's complaining to the other. You know, my problem is. I just have too many good people. I mean, yeah, just- I can't, I
1: just can't keep there's not enough openings for him in the company. I'm afraid I'm going to lose him. I'm having to go to VPs and create special positions. I've been able to do so far. And then other guy goes, wow, none of my guys are any good. I'm just so bored. I have nothing to do. They're yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just sit around and yeah. And count oh. the results. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So that takes us to the next point though. Let's right. be clear about it. Retention is not a hiring problem. The standard manager goes, oh, they're going to be a retention problem. I'm not going to hire them. The question is not, are they going to be a retention problem? Everybody's a retention problem. We've already established that. Some people are not, if you're a really good manager and are good at retaining people. But the question becomes, are you willing to hire somebody who may cause you to have to be a better manager or to be as good as you can be? So they're, they're, we're just separate, well, all we're doing here is separating our risks from the, we're separating the managing risk from the hiring risks. And no matter who we hire, they're going to be managing risks. The question for many of you is, am I confident enough in my managerial, not interviewing, managerial skills that I can hire an overqualified person and then deal with the potential issues, even though we're going to mitigate some of those issues here in a minute. Yeah. So look, here's what we're saying, guys. If they're overqualified, they're qualified. The skills part of the interview should be straightforward. And look, you're still going to ask skill questions, and we'll cover that. The retention part of the interview, though, is harder. I'm not suggesting you're going to ask five retention questions. You're not. But basically what you have to do is assess the risk of not just hiring, but keeping them. And frankly, too many managers even think about that when they interview. Frankly, most managers aren't very good at interviewing. It's all we can do to decide if they meet the criteria of the job, let alone assess fit in a systemic, repeatable teachable way. The way we do that is not suspicion and certainly not suspicion of their weaknesses. That comes across as suspicion. What a surprise. And and it just doesn't, doesn't, it's not a good vibe. You can be, and I've said it in several casts, you can be a demanding, probing, penetrating interviewer and be sweet as pie. You absolutely can. And we highly recommend it. And the people that you hire when you have been kind and professional and a a lady and or a gentleman and yet ask tough questions, those people will say, wow, that's a high bar from a professional. And they're gonna wanna work harder for you because there are a lot of people who have a high bar who are jerks or there are a lot of people who have a low bar who don't inspire confidence. We want them to have confidence in us and we want them to know I'm gonna protect you from other yahoos coming to work here. The only people that are gonna come to work here are people that are really, really good. Because you're gonna go through the process and discover that the only person who can get through this is somebody who's really, really good. And look, if you're not a manager tools manager, if you don't do one-on-ones, if you don't do feedback, if you don't do coaching and delegation our way, if you're struggling as a manager, We don't recommend you hire somebody who's overqualified because you don't have a systemic, repeatable, teachable way to keep track of them, to develop the relationship with them, such that you'll know enough to begin to trust your instincts. Part of where your instincts come from as a manager is the amount of data you get. If I gave you three data points and told you, what do you think the pattern is? You'd be like, yeah, I don't have enough data. Well, all instincts are is your brain Seeing patterns that you can't analytically, logically project, and the more data you have, the easier it is to figure out the picture. It's like the difference between a puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle with five pieces in it and 500 pieces in it. After 500 pieces, you have a good idea, but it takes data. Well, you've got to create, you've got to have systems in place to listen to your directs, like one on ones. You've got to have systems in place to talk about performance because performance is what you're paid for, and and if you don't have a way to do that, you're not going to have enough data about the people or their performance in order to feel really good about your instincts. That's one of the reasons why people love one-on-ones and feedback, is it gives you so much more data to help you develop your instincts, and suddenly managers come to me all the time and say, you know, I just feel my gut tells me this is right or this is wrong. It's just like the ECC when we give people analytical tools to think about how people behave. Then they suddenly realize, Hey, now that I know I have enough data, my gut's pretty accurate. (laughs) I Yeah, it is. It is. And now you have a way to think about your gut. And you have a way to validate whether or not your gut is headed in the right direction. So if you don't have systemic repeatable ways to manage your relationship with your direct and make sure you know them and you can listen to them and hear the subtleties that come out of long-term relationships the hint of something in something somebody says or the pause they have before they say something, then you're probably going to have a tough time handling the problems that you might not have discovered in the interviewing process. And so that's a concern. It just really is a concern.
0: Yeah, that's true for just a simply qualified candidate as it is for an overqualified candidate.
1: Now, Now, I would also say this, I'm not telling you not to do it, But look, if you're not doing the stuff that we recommend in manager tools, the Trinity, for lack of a, you know, that's the simple answer. Well, then, if you want to do this, if you want to hire an overqualified person, I can recommend it. Just start doing the Trinity. Use the hiring the overqualified person to start doing the Trinity with your team. It's not like you don't have enough time. Believe me, you do.
0: Yeah, and it's not rocket science. It's pretty pretty straightforward, right?
1: Thousands of people have proven that. Heck, we, we thought of it, so it can't be rocket science. <laughs> there
0: you go. We're not that <laughs> smart. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, like you warned earlier, this is going long. So how about we finish this up next week? How does that sound? Yeah, we'll go a little faster.
1: And I think people next week are going to be really interested. we get got some suggestions about interviewing for skills first. The classic mistake in interviewing, when they're roped into interviewing an overqualified person, the mistake they make... Is they say to themselves, well, I can assume they have the skills. Mm. And so I'll want to be looking for higher level skills. That's wrong. Dead wrong backwards. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week.
0: Okay. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this cast. We'll finish this topic up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.